Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Catfish and Crappie podcast. Tonight's guest, Violet Talley. What's going on, Violet? How are you? Oh, I'm busy. You know how it is getting prepared, getting everything going, um, watching the weather, waiting for the boat. You can't, you just, I'm getting impatient. Got to get out of the water. I am too. I I was going to try and get out uh, tomorrow, uh, but the wind's going to be a little high and I don't feel like spending more time keeping my boat off the docks than I do fishing, which is pretty much what happens when you're fishing the channels for crappie out here. So uh, yeah. uh, maybe I'll try and get out and do a little bank fishing somewhere. Maybe I'll try for some channel cats. Finally, I've kind of been uh, um, ignoring them. They might miss me. Uh, since the ice was out, we got to fish. Uh, disclaimer here, me, me and Violet have known each other for a long, for a while now. Uh, I don't want to say a long time, but it feels like a long time in a good way. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it absolutely does. We did some ice fishing this year, and the last time I got out some cats was uh, uh, when we were through the ice. I got three channel cats. It was it was a good time. We had a lot of fun. Um, we got to catch some bass and some panfish together. Um, mind you, we we did eat those bass, so you catfish guys might be proud. Lyle Stokes in the house. What's going, Lyle? Welcome, buddy. Um, Lyle made an announcement today about Chad over at Fishing with the Chad that Chad will be standing in for Lyle while he's uh, uh, taking care of some personal stuff on the channel. So I want to congratulate Chad over at Fishing with the Chad. Chad, I'm wearing your shirt, buddy. Thank you for sending me this. I appreciate it. Good luck to that. You're going to do fantastic. So James will take good care of you while you're out there. Uh, so back to uh, 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 uh What's going on? We did a little ice fishing this year. Uh, we had a lot of fun. I look forward to uh, fishing with you over or hopefully sooner than later this year. Um, my goal is to get you on a 30-pound-plus flathead at least once this year. I think you might like That'll that. That'll definitely a be a first. I, I think I thoroughly enjoy it. Yeah, I, I thoroughly I enjoy it because it's, I've it's, never tried It might change it. You've musky fished, right, a little bit? Uh, by accident, yes. By accident, okay. So you don't hang out with Tony. You don't hang out with Tony Krizak at all up there on the chain. No, I haven't. I haven't actually um, done it for real. I mean, I just we've we've fished this year on the chain. I've actually gotten the musky population is getting really healthy on the chain. I heard that the fishery is? there is amazing, especially for walleye and the musky and everything. Everything but the bass. Although there's some big bass that have been caught, but musky. I must have caught seven musky in tournaments this year. I mean, granted, they weren't anything probably over 35, 30 inches, but there's some pretty healthy muskie on that chain. And like I said, when you, this is how I fish for muskie. I fish for bass and a muskie hits my line. That's how it works. That, fish that's, for musky, how I, that's how I fish for muskie. I fish for catfish and they'll, they'll muskie and pike will take dead bait. They all, yeah, they do a much. lot. Also, if I'm bait fishing, um, I'll, I'll get a lot of the little hammer handles, whether it's muskie or, or, or pike. Um, if I'm fishing a jig with whole worms, especially in high water under bridges and stuff, they seem to love that. So, oh, wow. I don't see why they wouldn't take a, a crankbait or something. Oh, no. You know what? They, unless you're swim jigs. I don't know what it was, but, man, they were hitting those swim jigs, and they did right out, so they scare the heck out of you, you know, because you don't expect you're trying to get the jig out of the, out of the water, and next thing you know, this muskie comes out of nowhere. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Ryan over at Sentinel Hook says uh, him and his dad used to hammer the bass over on uh, – um, it just moved uh, – on Fox Lake on all the docks. So I'm sure you're oh, yeah. familiar with that. Mike Turner, 712 Catfish, and hey, what's going on? He says hello to both of us. Um, right, might as well start highlighting some of these. I always forget to do that, to let the people get, get their little shout-out out here. Uh, if you are listening on a podcast, we do record this live, so if you hear me talking about people that aren't on mic, uh, those are the people in our live chat audience, please come check it out at the Catfish and Crappie channel on YouTube. Uh, you can be part of the uh, live audience, ask my guests questions. Uh, we do have uh, uh, giveaways from time to time on Plavin planning on having some pretty soon and you also get a chance to hear what's to see what exactly is that snoring behind me that happens to be coco so if you guys are listening or watching at home there she is you can check her out she's become a, a she hasn't moved a 
Yeah, she hasn't moved since we got. She hasn't moved since like four this afternoon. She's tired. I took her out. I took her out in a car. We went to go uh, do a make a, a run out to the to the bank, and on the way back, I went and I scoped out the river like I always do in a couple other spots. So uh, uh, she's all tucked off from being in the car, walking back and forth and jumping around. So oh anyway, God. back to fishing. So let's let's get back to. Uh, uh, I had you on the um, ladies take overnight. That was a great show. I mm -hmm. loved having everybody on there. I loved having you know you Paula D. Betty, um, it, it was really, really, really uh, a cool show. A lot of people really liked it. Uh, I was looking forward to it to a point where I even wore a sports coat that night, and everybody got, you know, the ladies got upset at me for wearing a sports coat to that because this is a live video show. They they felt like I outdressed them or something, and I did not whatsoever, and I didn't mean it. I was just trying to be uh, uh, respectful and show how serious I was taking it. So I hope you didn't feel that way. No, I, I thought it was a great group. It was the first time I met those ladies, and they're just awesome. It's just it's great to be on a show with those guys and having hearing everybody talk and everybody support each other. And uh, mm -hmm. then of course they had to they had to give you a couple digs, which was great, especially on the coat. But it was awesome. I thought it was great. Those those ladies are amazing. That's one thing about the catfish community slash family that that I'm a. a, a very grateful to be a part of is a uh, we give each other what i like to call the business and it's all out of good fun if you're not getting the business you're not you're you don't you don't you're not doing something right you need to change your ways i guess right. is what i'm saying all right so let's get back to you um so let's let's go back to uh, how you started fishing um where, where did the passion come from uh mm -hmm. when did you first decided that this is something you want to do and then we can uh talk a little further about uh where you're at today well, uh, I think how it started, my parents are from Poland, so we started as carp fishermen, you know. So one of the things um, they really, really wanted to do all the time was just go fishing. It was just an easy way to go on vacation. Um, like I said, they just came over from Poland. And I think the earliest I remember or they tell me that I've done fishing is when I was three years old. And I actually have a photo of me and my first fish, which was a carp. And, um, and I remember we used to go to Wisconsin all the time and, you know, and it's just, I guess just over the years, they said, you know, it just got worse and worse with me. I'd be four or five years old. I'd be getting everybody up in the morning an hour before I was supposed to get everybody up in the morning. I'd be up running around saying, no, we got to go out earlier. We got to go. And, and they said, I would stare at that bobber and that worm, like, and you couldn't budge me. And it's like, I waited until that thing went down, even if it wasn't for an hour. And it, I, I don't know what came over me, but it's just, it became an addiction even at a young age. And then, you know, and that's about as far as it went. It was the, it was the worm and bobber or, you know, you take a, a bunch of corn, stick it on a hook, put the heaviest weight you could, throw it out there and go have a sandwich. You know, that was kind that's of, what I was, listen to the bell. That bell yeah. made me nuts. Every time I, to this day, I hear that bell go on, I feel like I have to go and run and grab a rod somewhere. I swear to God. You know, I, I have a, a, a love-hate thing with bells. It's either I, I, I need them and I want to use them or I don't want to <laughs> use them because every time because they drive me nuts. But I'm sorry, I had to get that in there. Yeah, that's uh, fine. But um, but then you know, high school comes along and you get busy. You got work. You start working and you know, and you start driving and all stuff. And then you know, but the but the whole fishing thing kind of still stood in the back of my mind. You know, my dad sold his boat. He had a little uh, Lund aluminum boat with a little mercury motor tiller on it. And uh, I think when I was around 14, he sold it. So kind of slowly kind of put fishing on the back burner. Um, and then, you know, probably later on in my teenage years when, you know, school was no longer as much of a focus and, um, you know, I was starting to get into college, I moved into the Fox Valley area and because, you know, I was in Chicago. So there weren't a lot of places to fish in Chicago except forest preserves or whatnot. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I did a little bit here and there. And then finally, when I got a job and I started driving some more and I finally moved out, and went more into the suburbs like i said i got to the fox valley area and i learned about this body of water or fishery called the fox river i hated it i never fished a river i lost every lure jig you name it i could never learn how to fish it i don't know what current was i know how to fish. i couldn't catch a darn thing and i thought there's all the, the only thing that's in here and no offense are catfish and carp and i wanted to fish for bass i wanted to fish for bluegill i wanted to fish for just panfish i wasn't Big on the carp and catfish. I was done with carp. I'm like, I want to do some, I want to do more. It's not that there's nothing wrong with carp or catfish. It's just, I want to do more than just throw my line out there from what I was taught and just wait. I wanted to, to do, I wanted to constantly be working at it. You know, I wanted to do what those guys on the TV did. And I thought that's all it was. You're either the guy on TV or you got all that money and you got the boat and you got all the sponsorships or you're the person on the shore. There's no in between. There's no local tournaments, none of that. I knew nothing about it. 
So I started fishing the river because that's all I had. And I said, oh, well, I got to make do with what I got. Um, I didn't know that local ponds held fish, so I just immediately went to the river. And then um, I started slowly but surely learning. And then one day, I guess just um, things just started coming together, and I started catching smallmouth. And I didn't know anything about – I don't know what smallmouth are. I thought that it was a bass. Done. And I would tell my brother, who liked to fish, and he goes, where are you catching smallmouth? I said, the Fox River. He goes, do you have any idea how awesome that is? I said, no. I said, it's a bass. I don't really, it's the same thing as anything. You know, it's like, it's a fish, you know? And then I started learning. Then YouTube started coming out and I started, and I just knew I wanted to fish. I just wanted to keep fishing. I didn't have a goal in mind. I just wanted to get out and fish. It was my time. It was the only time where I had patience. I mean, I talk fast. I think fast. I move fast. I work a lot. But fishing just slows me down. I don't want to look at the cell phone. I don't want to do it. I don't want to eat. I don't want to drink. I just want to throw that line in the water and just work at it and just enjoy it. Even if I don't catch a fish, I don't know how or why it, it happens with me, but I know is it's just getting worse. It's something <laughs> about something about focus. It's it's kind right. of like saying that mantra. If you're meditating or something, it's, it's, it's that cast after cast. It's that, that, that constant attention to detail that kind of zones everything out and focuses you on a very pleasurable task, which is right. fishing. So let's, right. let's, uh, Let's ask you a quick question here from sure. uh, Betty over at A Couple Crosses Fishing. She says, Violet, I've seen you and Mark went ice fishing this winter. She's totally jealous, and you should mm -hmm. be, Betty. When you come up here, we'll get you out there. Yeah, we'll Tell get us about there. ice fishing for those delicious giant perch. Oh, yeah. Ice fishing for perch. It's, it's hard to find perch on the ice in the local area where we're at, but I'm lucky because my one of my tournament partners has a lake, uh, that he lives on and it happens to have really nice perch i mean they're no isn't that where you're at right this second i am i am yeah we're actually <laughs> ready for the tournament scene and i'm helping him out you know getting reels clean jake because i'm i'm all about fishing i love cleaning my own reels i i search anything and everything to do with fishing so i learned how to clean my own reels maintain them make jigs whatever so i like to when i have a tournament partner we're a team so I like to help him out with whatever he can because we're we like to fish the same waters. We we want to fish mm -hmm. the best team. We got to complement each other. So I like to share whatever skills or knowledge I have, and same same with him. So he's the one who's got the boat. So I could at least you know return the favor and say I'll help you with your reels. I'll help you with your jigs. Whatever you need, we we're gonna make this happen this year. We really got to be in the top ten. So I have goals. You know this year we both do. So but yeah, he lives on a really nice lake, and it's it's per, it's very low pressure. Um, it's semi-private. It's right off the Fox River, and it's um, it's amazingly it's got nice big fat perch on it. And uh, again, not 15, 16 inch perch, but good eater side. You're looking. I mean, I think the biggest one was like 12, 13 inches, but that's still that's sweet. really good. And they're fat. You know, they're mm -hmm. really nice. They're like little footballs. And I haven't seen that anywhere else except Navy Pier when we go. Well, when we used to go, where and, you and I Navy did, Pier, they're, they're hard. Yeah, they're, it's hard to get them that big too. Even on Navy Pier, a ten yeah. is considered a big one. Every now and then, the jumbos will move in, but the, um, I, I think the real big ones kind of lay low and keep away from those lake trout. And if yeah. those lake trout are in there, the the jumbos aren't in there. That's how they got. Yeah, them. you can get That's, those if you have a boat and you go offshore. Um, I got a couple mm -hmm. friends who have taken their boats out the last couple of years and they're just on them, but you got, but you got to have electronics and you got to find the schools of them. And then you're going to be, you know, 200, 300, 400 yards offshore and that's where you'll get yep. them. But who's got, first of all, it's, it's winter. And then you got to launch and it's, it's dangerous out there on the lake, especially like I have an aluminum basketball. That's not going to help. It's not going to really work unless it's a calm day. Yep. And, you know, so it's tough. It's you, tough. You need a, a deep, a high side deep V for that lake. Right. You really do. Right. Um, and I'm not talking about just like a 16 footer. You're better off with, you know, at least 19 foot plus if you want to get on there and spend some serious time fishing. So Alicia Barnett says rivers were hard for her uh, at first, too. Uh, she's she's a lake taught fisherwoman here. So she's yep. sharing some of her experiences here. Uh, she's also saying that she's crushed the white bass um, uh, at the river the past week, though. Very good. Thanks, Alicia. Really nice. Yeah, very cool. Uh, I see Corey from the Flatty Daddies popped in there. I did see Has Life. What's going on, Has? Thanks for checking out the show. Thomas Little Page. I believe I know that uh, uh, Sharina's uh, or Sharina is his better half. So uh, he's got a lot of hats. He was showing them off the other night. So uh, all right. So back to the the, the Fox River and the and the Smallies. So you you get on the Smallies 
and mm-hmm. uh, um, which the Fox River, uh, at least today, is a great small smallmouth fishery. I don't care what anybody says. It's a heck of a place. If you're willing to work for it, you're, you're going to find them there. Uh, if you're willing to put on some waders and walk some of the shallows, I know a lot of guys that, that kill it out there, not mm-hmm. just in boats. So uh, anybody can kind of do it. Yeah. And, and kind of fishing too is great for the river. As long as you're safe. I mean, you got to stay out of the big current, but that's mm-hmm. how, and that's what I graduated. I went to the kayak and then eventually got myself into a boat, but it's, it's just a, it's just a, it was just a process one step at a time and you got to enjoy it. Cause I mean, you know, and like I was saying, when I started fishing the river, once I started catching fish, I started talking to people and getting to kayak fishing. Next thing you know, I'll find out about bass clubs. And then I found out about tournaments and I go, uh-uh, nope, I don't want anything to do with tournaments high pressure. I don't want to be forced into anything. I want to enjoy it. I, I I hate tournaments. I hate the thought of it. And then I did my first tournament just because I thought, okay, I'll try it. And it was the complete opposite reaction. Now I cannot wait to get into the tournament setting. And I don't think it's so much about the pressure or, or being forced or anything. I think it's just, it's a new challenge to me. Fun fishing is fun fishing. Anybody can, I shouldn't say anybody can catch it, but you know what they say, anybody can catch a fish when it's fair weather, it's calm conditions. But when you're put up against in a challenge where it doesn't matter what the weather's like, it doesn't matter what the conditions are. I mean, obviously it has to be safe, but you, and you have a timetable, it forces you to think differently. It forces you to challenge yourself and to become a better fisherman. So I think I like that challenge. And then you're, you're working with a team member. You guys have to cooperate. It's a very, it's a very unique, um, it's a, a team mentality because you guys almost don't, you have to think, you, you have to think for each other sometimes in a split second. And you, and that's the only way you're going to win. I mean, last year I was, I missed first place overall in team. Um, but it was because me and my teammate at the time, we complimented each other perfectly. So he would throw one thing, whether I wanted to throw something else or not, I had to throw a certain bait because I wanted to back him up or he wanted to back me up and mm-hmm. he fish. Somebody's going to net and somebody's going to catch fish, whether it's yep. him catching all the fish or I catch all the fish. It doesn't matter. It's fish. So when we get back to the dock, um, you know, you got that camaraderie. That's just absolutely amazing. And it's just, it's the whole scene. It's before the tournament, during the tournament and after the tournament that makes up, the, the amazing experience that I have. And that's what kind of got me to where I am today. And then speaking all that- of your, of your partner, you want, you want to give him a shout out. Cause you keep talking about your fishing partner. You never say his name. And oh, I think yeah. he's a great guy. He needs a shout out. Come on. Oh, Pete, yeah, of course. Of course we got to give a shout out to Pete. He's been my partner for the last couple of years. I actually met him in the bass club. And to be honest, you know, a lot of these guys were kind of like up here and I was kind of like down here being in the basket. I'd never been in a tournament and, and I walk in now, mind you, I'm coming shore fishing from the Fox river. You know how that is, Mark. And you're coming from shore fishing. I've never been in a bass boat, let alone even touched one or seen one in real life. And I went from a kayak, which I thought was, Ooh, that's a big thing. And then I get into this basket where all these guys have 50, 60, $80,000 bass boats with it's all crazy, these yep. names. Yeah. And I'm sitting here going, I am, do not belong here. I am going to look so stupid. And they were nothing but inviting. And Peter was one of the more, more inviting guys where he was just really kind. He's like, you know, if you ever want to fish on my boat, you're more than welcome to. And it just happened to come up. There was a tournament series that came up and I asked him because he just seemed really nice and very kind and respectful. And he says, you know what? I'm free. I'll be more than happy to put you in my boat and you do what you want. You fish how you want. And if you want to learn something, ask me. If you don't, you just want to fish, go ahead. And uh, we'll make it competitive, but I'm not going to be a sore loser either. So as long as you have fun, you have a good time. And he had a really, he has a really nice boat. He, he, he does. He's a really great fisherman. He's been all over. He's won all kinds of awards. There's plaques on his wall that I'm staring at right now. I'm like, God, I think I have one, you know, and he's got like 20, you know, <laughs> and it's, it's nice to be able to learn from somebody like that. Yet he's patient and he's not going to be there and say, well, we have to win and we have to get fish. It's more of like, you know what? We're going to do our best. We're we're do what we can. He's going to be competitive. Um, and he's going to try to figure things out. But if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. It's fishing. You can't yeah. be in first place all the time, you know? And that's, you know, real quick while, while James has a question here. James Dockery Fishing asks, uh, when Violet hits the water, when you hit the water, what are the first three baits uh, uh, you always want to use? Jig. 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 <laughs> it's a, a jig is my number one because it's very versatile. So just a... A simple, uh, just a regular skirted jig, 
with the craw trailer. That's my biggest thing. Um, I think probably another is like a swim jig, something I could swim or a chatterbait, something that makes a little more vibration in the water, especially this time of year. And then a plastic, some sort of a creature bait, something that I could flip under docks and cover and weeds, whatnot. I'll usually peg, I'll take like a, my big, my best, the weight that I kind of throw the most is a three eighths ounce weight, whether it's a jig or a pegged creature bait, but some sort of creature bait, whether it's like a little beaver or it's a craw, but I'll peg that on with a, um, like a bullet weight, tungsten usually bullet weight, and I'll peg that and I'll use that to, and I'll flip it around or I'll drag it. But a jig is probably number one because you can you can flip it, you can drag it, you can hop it, you can swim it, you can do everything with it. And so I, I've even I've even taken a jig and flipped it on lily pads and skirted it across the top of the lily pads like a frog. Um, you know, so if that was one, that that would be the one. But I would say like a jig, a creature bait, and some sort of swimming like a swim jig or chatter bait. So. Since we're on the topic of baits, I'm going to ask you a loaded question here. Um, wacky rig Senkos, is that cheating? Is that taking the easy way out? What, what say you on that topic? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, sorry about the interruption, but I need a few seconds of your time. As individual content creators, we can use all the support we can get. Your support is used for better equipment, a further reach, and everything else needed to create this podcast. Your support makes for a better audio experience, helps to grow the show, and get more guests. If you like the podcast, become a supporter today by using the link in the description. Thanks for your time and support. Now back to the show. Yeah, I don't think it's cheating at all. It's not. It's okay. not because I've had people who have thrown a wacky rig and they haven't caught anything. And I'll be right next to them. The nice thing about a wacky rig, and that's funny because Pete actually taught me how to wacky rig. When I started fishing, even even first year in the tournament, I never, never threw a wacky rig ever. And they looked at me and saying, everybody starts the wacky rig. Everybody, everybody threw wacky rigs when they were kids. I said, not this one. I've never thrown a wacky rig. And I found out that on the chain, it's pretty darn effective. And it's actually effective, mm-hmm. anywhere, obviously. Everywhere, yeah. Especially just because it's it's so pressured. I mean, there's like 10 tournaments a week on the chain. And half of them are bass tournaments. So those fish, and they're yanked out of their location and thrown in another location. And they've seen anything and everything. So a, a nice wacky worm, and especially a very, the way you present it, is, is just absolutely crucial. So... Um, and, and again, wacky rig can get you small fish. It can get you big fish. That's the only, that's the only issue I have with it. It will get fish of every size and species. So like, kind of like a Ned rig. Uh, but a wacky uh-huh. rig, you can fish suspended fish. You can fish fish on the bottom. You can fish in grass, rocks. You can it's leave like it lay there and they'll pick it up. Right, exactly. Leave it laying there, shake it, just drag, do whatever you want. You know, I've also taken a wacky rig again thrown it on some lily pads and bounced it over the lily pads. I've had fish come out of the water and get grabbed it like a frog. So yeah, I would say a wacky rig. I almost forgot about that because last year was really the first year I fished a wacky rig consistently. I think I put it on my hook once prior to that. So yeah. last year as I really learned it, and especially on Pete's Lake, I learned quite a bit. Uh, he taught me probably about 15 different ways of fishing that thing. And there's probably 10 more ways left to find out how to do that. Very cool. All mm-hmm. right. So, the, yeah, that's a loaded question. I've heard other guys talk about that, whether it's cheating or not. Just the, that and the Alabama rig, the umbrella rigs come up in tournament fishing, but uh, we won't get into that. That's a little more specific. Yeah, it's banned in some tournaments. I know there's yeah. one or two tournaments that banned them. Uh, Violet, I've recently taken uh, – this is from Betty again. Violet, I've recently taken a liking to Daiwas for crappie, but uh, but want to get into trolling for walleye sauger, uh, sauger. Uh, any Dila, Daiwa recommendations for trolling? Just so you guys know, uh, Violet is a Daiwa sponsored angler. Uh, so uh, uh, ask away. Or <laughs> hopefully yeah, you got an answer for that. Question. Unfortunately, like I've been with Daiwa for a little bit over a year now, and I'm mostly in the bass category. As far as the trolling equipment, I'm sorry, but I can't really tell you on the recommendations for trolling. I know they've come out with a lot of new lines here. They went crazy when it comes to innovation. 
Um, but you know, I know that a lot of the walleye guys use the Kage series, which is the it's K-A-G-E. They use a lot of their spinning reel combos. Um, they rave about it. I got a, a, there's a walleye team, the huge tournament team up in uh, Wisconsin, like Southern Wisconsin, and they use the Kage um, model. Yeah. And okay. so they love those combos and they swear by them, the, both the rods and the reels. So those are really good combo for them. So you could try those. But as far as uh, trolling, yeah, I don't know much about that. Trolling and, and walleye are new to me. That's one of the things I'm hoping to get on a couple of walleye guys both this year, because even um, though you're a bass tournament angler or bass fisherman, Learning to use other techniques for other species can actually help me in the long run. So it'd be good to know how they do things because you never know. I mean, those guys catch bass too. I've had some musky guys catch monster bass, you know, just the fishing, the techniques and presentation they do that we may have never thought about. So it'd be good to know. So we're both kind of in the same boat. Sorry, I can't really answer that question, but I would say try out that Kage series and see what you think about that. Probably any Daiwa with a um, with a line counter will probably do you good, unless you don't need unless you don't need a line counter. If you're if you're trolling Betty, I would definitely go with a baitcaster. It's just easier to control whether it's yeah, a low profile. Yeah, I don't know much, but I know whether it's a low profile or a round reel, uh, a line counter helps in in uh, um, consistency. You want to be able to. Uh, um, get your lure to a certain depth if you're marking them on a fish, and there's certain apps like that. Be Betty messaged me offline. I can I can help you out with that a little. Yeah, bit. their Tatula line. When it comes to the baitcasters, I do love their Tatula line. Um, they've really expanded on, but the Tatula SVTWS is the one I use for bass. It's a good all around, but it, it has a really smooth spool on it. Um, you could pretty much put you could put you know heavy line on it or light line on it, and you still get the sensitivity, but you also get that good um, drag, um, that nice strong drag on it. So maybe that would be the line to look at the Tatula bait casting series. The Tatulas are very nice. I've gotten my uh, grubby hands on a couple of them, and I'm, I'm, I was pretty happy with the way they perform. But I'm I, I have my my favorites, which I'm really really well stocked, and so until there's a need for another reel, I want to try one out. Uh, uh, I'm, We'll, we'll, we will keep that in mind, though. So uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, I want to make sure we don't miss anybody in chat here. Cool. Uh, so if you guys have any questions, uh, feel free to post them. Put a couple question marks like uh, Betty and James said earlier. It'll make it a little easier for me to find. So, uh, All right. So uh, when's the tournament year starting for you this year? The tournament I'm starting is actually going to be in about a, just less than, I think less than two weeks. It's on April 11th. I'll be doing a new series on the Fox River. So Pete and I are going to be doing that. Pete's done that series. Well, he's done that length of the river. So it's the lower river from Algonquin Dam north. Uh, so that's probably just past the McHenry Dam. I guess we can lock up. But I have fished that river a little bit, but just uh, kind of on my own shore fishing and in a kayak. Uh, but he's been doing it for a while. So it's going to be a lot of back channel fishing. Uh, trying to find that warmer water and the water that's out of the current. So, um, but that's going to be a lot of largemouth fishing, probably more than smallmouth. Obviously, we can't bring smallmouth in until I think it's uh, middle of June. Um, June, I think fourteenth. At least last year it was. It changes every year. Like that, I think yeah. Fall on a certain day in a week. So. Yeah. Um, yeah you had a fan already. Brian B. Catfish. Brian B. Catfish and says Violet is my new favorite. Oh, I don't, I don't, thank you. I don't blame you whatsoever. <laughs> See, I told you that all these cat fishermen would like you and crappie um, fishermen. Uh, all right. Ohioan for Life Matt says, uh, what's your go-to plastic for browns, brown backs and small rivers, which is what the fox is? Uh, what, 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 uh, what do you think of the Helgramite? I know they work okay. great live. I've never tried one plastic. Yeah, I've never tried the plastic, um, but Nedrig. Nedrig, 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 Nedrig on the Fox River. Um, if they bite nothing else, they'll bite that. You will get smaller fish, but I, my personal best on the Fox River is four and a quarter pounder. Um, and that was on a Nedrig, five feet from my feet, from the shoreline. So um, a Nedrig is wonderful. Um, New Money is my favorite color um, or anything like California Crawl or a Canada Crawl. Um, they usually have some of those copper and purple flakes in them. New Money's got that watermelon and green pumpkin red flake, which they go crazy for. And the biggest thing is when you throw that net rig out there, you drag it along the ground slowly and pause and drag it along. Put it this way. The slower, the better. And if you don't think you're going slow enough, go slower. And you're just looking for a tap. And I'm telling you, that tap could be a three-inch smallie or it could be a three-pound smallie because they both hit the same when it comes to that thing. But the Nedrig, they, they will, if nothing else works, that Nedrig will definitely catch something. 
That that net rig's deadly, man. I've caught so many different kinds of fish on a net rig. Net rig, it's it's incredible. When I fish under those little creek bridges and stuff, when I'm looking for bait, a net rig a net rig works for those, and and I catch all sorts of fish. I mean, my yeah. first my PB, well, not my current PB, but my last PB. I'm not a big PB guy unless it's really big. Was like five pounds at one ounce, and that was on a net rig. Uh, right after ice out, I was looking for, for a crop or something, and the water was high, and it was under there, but that's a long story. Yeah. Michael Morello says, uh, Violet, uh, Daiwa carp fishing rods and reels are absolutely incredible. I own several. Uh, if you haven't dabbled with those, it would for sure be time well spent. All the Daiwa stuff's good. I have to agree with oh, yeah. with both of you guys. So oh, yeah. that's Daiwa, awesome. Daiwa's Thanks. wonderful. Yeah, I just don't use I don't use Daiwa rods because I'm with Grant Rods. Um, nothing against Daiwa; they have great rods, and I've used you know Daiwa, Saint Croix, whatnot. But the the quality of the Grant rods is incredible. He's local. He's been doing it for over 30, 38 years now. He's manufactured for so many people. Wonderful, wonderful uh, man, Jim Grant is with his Grant rods. And um, the other thing I just I, you can't match is there's a lifetime warranty on those rods, so I can't I can't not use them. And they're strong. He's got I can't tell you how many different kinds. So it's just, I, I don't use Daiwa rods, but like I said, they're good rods, but I pr really prefer the Grant rods over the Daiwa rods um, for many, many, many reasons. But they do pair very well with Daiwa reels. And like I said, I'd be with Daiwa, whether I'm sponsored by them or not. I've been using Daiwa before and after, you know, anytime. So if I, even if I didn't get sponsored tomorrow, I would still be using Daiwa reels. You know, I'm looking, I'm looking for a couple of new, uh, uh, small crappie reels maybe i'll check some divers out we'll have to touch bases and yeah. and talk a little more about that but those grant rods which they are sponsors uh weren't you telling me that those blanks are made in the usa right here in arlington heights yes he actually makes his own blanks and like i said he's actually made the equipment i know that and i don't want to get too involved i don't i don't know too much um but he actually custom made his own equipment to make those blanks so that he can keep them here because a lot of these ron manufacturers that that said or have made their blanks in the u.s no longer do that they outsource them overseas or whatnot and mm -hmm. they get the blanks and they'll put on top of them but he actually makes his own blanks he weaves his own carbon fiber he has, i mean he uses kevlar there's all he's constantly trying to raise the bar and what i love about it too he does everything from the salt you know from salt water stuff Mm -hmm. to uh, crappie stuff, to special trout stuff. I mean, he'll look at a geographic location, see what these those guys are fishing and what they're fishing with, and he'll make that rod specifically for that geographic location. Like he's got one for the Detroit, Detroit River. I mean, just so many different kinds of rods. And the nice thing I like about it is if I'm not sure what I want or what I need, I can just say, this is my situation. This is what I like. I know I'm looking for one of your rods. You got a ton of them. What you think would be better for me? And if he says, you know, this is good or that's good, that's great. But sometimes I say, you know what? We can actually custom make you one. So wow. he has no. I'm jealous now. Holy smokes! Yeah, I mean, they are they are pricey, but because you're paying for that quality, and it's it is definitely worth the money. I mean, when you get to that caliber where you're tournament fishing, especially, I mean, it doesn't have to be tournament fishing, but where you understand over time what you need you know where your strengths and weaknesses are you need to find gear that's going to help you with your weaknesses and mm -hmm. help enhance your strengths so in a tournament setting I, I don't have time i mean i have a lot of rods and reels on the deck because it's not because I, I'm, I'm lazy it's because i have a second because those fish might be biting for the next five minutes and i got five minutes to get five fish in that boat because the once they stop biting now it's turns into a reaction bite now it's even harder to get them in or they've moved or the current changed or something i don't have time to worry about my gear so i need the top of the line gear and if you want quality i mean he's one of the guys that has those quality rods and they'll, those rods will do what you need to do at the time you need it done so I just I just couldn't mess around with it anymore. I've broken too many rods and or they're, you know, I'll lose fish <laughs> because you think you're on them or you, you lose slack or there was not enough backbone or, you know, so many excuses. I can't have an excuse anymore. So instead of fighting the rod, I'm fighting the fish now, which is good. But um, but I learned a lot from him, too. He'll educate you, too. And he says, well, if I don't have something for you, I'll know what you can get one. So anyway, but yeah, I just I can go on and on. Jim's been really good to me. And I hesitated. Because I love my St. Croix rods, and I thought, eh, rods, rods, somebody's got a rod for me. Everybody's got rods. They're all the same. Yeah, well, not until you actually start work. You know, you start, you put one in your hands, and you start uh, actually using it, and then you realize when the seconds count. I agree. There, there's something about uh, enhancing your experience, even if you're not tournament fishermen. Right. Uh, fishing, granted, you know, uh, an ugly stick of work, but if you can get that little, you know, 
edge or, or, or make it a little easier or more pleasurable, uh, your fishing experience is going to be way better, not just your finish in a tournament. So exactly. uh, if anybody's looking out there and you're really into the sport, it, it's like the difference between, you know, a, a $10 bottle of whiskey and a $100 bottle of whiskey. Granted, they both uh, give you a buzz, but that $100 one's a little more of an experience. Right. Um, <laughs> right. All right. A couple crowd. Betty, again, Betty, Betty adores you. She's got all sorts of questions. I love Betty. Uh, she says, I do too. She's awesome. I call her my sister from another mother. Um, all tournaments aside, if you can only uh, fun fish for one species, uh, would it be bass? Oh, wow. Jeez, gosh, that's a hard one. I mean, I love bass just because it's a different experience when you have to, you're, you're kind of hunting for them and you know, you got, you have to put, all your senses together and look at all the conditions and you're, you're going for that predator. And, uh, but I got to tell you, there's, <laughs> there's nothing more fun than catching a really nice big bluegill on a bobber. I, I hate to tell you when I see that bobber just move for an inch, a man, you don't even talk to me. I just want to, I'm just going to, I'm waiting for it. I mean, but it's hard to find good pan fishing, good, nice, big crappie, nice, big bluegill. And you know, the pan fishing experience has always been that secret love of mine, but, um, Got it. Yeah, it would be best, but man, I got to tell you, that pan fishing is very and you quick. Get to, and you get to take them home. Yes, that's the other You thing. really do. That's I, I I can't say it enough. There's something about being able to, that that primal connection with putting food on a plate that, that really resonates with me. I don't do it with catfish or tr even tr especially trophy catfish to begin with uh, for various reasons. Uh, but when it comes to, like panfish and stuff, that just has a special place. Yeah. And heart. that's why I started hunting too. I mean, I'm all about the, mm -hmm. it's not for the sport. I'm, I love that. Something, yeah, you're right. That primal instinct of bringing it back to the table and then sharing it with others. I mean, when I go pan fishing, you know, I'll, I'll pan fish several times, but I'll make enough so that I can put a fish fry together for me and friends and family, because it's, it's great having it, the meal, but when you could share with everybody else, they're like, you know, there's, there's one time where I actually had a variety of pan fish and I kind of did like, a, I had some people had never had it before. And I said, okay, I'm going to make these like each, each one's going to be a different pan fish. And you guys tell me which one you like better. And I secretly had them labeled underneath the, you know, underneath the, uh, the dish. And mm -hmm. seeing everybody's reaction, they're like, this one is opposed to this one. is, And it's kind of neat because they really enjoy it. They, they taste the difference. But, um, yeah, I think it will still be my number one just because it requires Very cool. constantly be thinking and trying to, I guess, outsmart them, if you want to put it that way. Mm -hmm. uh, but, yeah, pan fishing would be a very close second. Yep, I want to remind everybody, since you did bring that up, that I do co-host Panfish Weekly, or I'm sorry, Panfish Nation on the Panfish Nation YouTube channel. So if you like panfish like me, and obviously Violet does, uh, check out me and Lyle on uh, uh, Thursday nights after uh, the bait shop on the Fishing with the Chad channel. So I uh, had to get that plug in. I'm turning into such a YouTuber, Violet. I can't believe it. Uh, you know, it's I, I got to get all those plugs in. Speaking of plugs, uh, I'll actually, let's answer this question for Matt over here. It says, um, he, he says, I Ned Rig Helgramite, and they work very well in the spring uh, in the Spring River here. Uh, Spring River here in Arkansas. Uh, what is the floor of the Fox River like? Oh, gosh. Um, everything that can snag your bait. Uh, it's, yeah, but you know, Mark, it's like, it's a lot of rock. I mean, I'm yeah. afraid to wade the river because I'm always tripping mm -hmm. over something. There's, yeah, it's a lot of rock. Um, a south, lot of south of the south of the south part of the Fox River, or it's right. called the south section below Algonquin Dam. There's a lot of rock and stuff. That's because there's not much boat traffic. Any right. boat traffic there is either that one-off uh, jet boat every now and then, or it's a uh, uh, one with a, somebody with a mud motor who brings it out and gets it on there. Um, there isn't a lot of boat traffic for those reasons. It gets pretty shallow in spots. Mm -hmm. uh, you really got to know that river to get through, but that's uh, a good wadeable part of the river. So. Uh, mm -hmm. Uh, there's a lot of rock there, at least that I know. But north of Algonquin Dam, it's flat and it's mud. Yeah, I, I don't find too much rock. Yeah, so yeah, a lot of downfall stuff. Mm -mm. Let's see what else we got here. All right, speaking of that, let's uh, talk a little bit about your sponsors. Let's give them a uh, let's let's help you pay the bills, so to speak. <laughs> Let us know a little bit about who sponsors you, uh, what they provide for you, what it's like to be a sponsored angler. There's a lot of people out there that that hope and dream and try for it. Um, maybe give them a little insight to, to what it's like. And, and Is yeah. it a dream come true? Of course it is, right? Yeah, 
I, it's absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you're right. I mean, you got to pay the bills, but that's not really what the sponsors are for anymore. I mean, there was, there was a time a day where it was just all those, you know, you'd, you'd see the pros on TV and, they, and it was really simple at the time. You're either pro on TV with a hundred thousand dollar bass boat and you get out all these sponsors. And the way you got it was you had to win the tournaments. You win the tournament, you get a sponsor. You don't win the tournament, you don't get sponsors, period. Now it's a whole different story. Now YouTubers can get sponsors. Kids can get sponsors. People who don't win anything can get sponsors. But you know what? It's not even sponsors anymore. Now you're pro staff. So you're technically your promotional staff. And when I used to think pro staff, I thought, oh, I'm, I'm a professional. He goes, that's not what pro means. Pro means you're, you are promoting them. So they're looking for people to share their, you know, their, the pride, their love of the product, um, their love of the whole fishing community and how their product can fit into that. So when you're pro staff, you're basically just somebody who's just representing their product because you love it enough to be able to share it. And that's really what it comes down to. You can't really say it's sponsor anymore, but every company is different in this day and age, especially. So, um, you know, some of them give you a lot, some of them give you a little, some, but rarely do any pay the bills anymore. Um, the way we look at it is kind of like, it's a great way to promote me and my brand. It's a great way to get a partnership, get me indoors that I wouldn't normally get into. Um, sometimes there's free product sometimes. Um, but it's a rarity. I mean, obviously you have to work your way up the chain. I'm, I'm down here still. I'm, I'm not doing any national tournaments yet. Um, I'm not on the elite circle. I'm not on the pro circle. I'm, I would say considered semi-pro. Some people frown upon it, but technically I cash a check. If you make money at something, you're technically a professional. You know, I'm a professional photographer. I'm a professional graphic designer, professional businesswoman. I guess I'm a professional angler, even though it's not full time, but I do have sponsors, but that doesn't, again, that doesn't mean anything because yeah, I get the sponsorship. I might get something out of it, but I got to tell you, if you want to keep that sponsorship long-term, you need to help them as well. So you have to put the work in, you know, I, there are many days where I'm at the, um, my, I have a uh, boat dealer sponsor, Lake County water sports. They're, they're like one of my best, if not my best sponsor, they have helped me with my boat. They've helped me get my boat. They've helped me rig my boat up. Um, they, they're just amazing, amazing people. They'll take care of any person with any boat, any issue. And if they can't figure it out, they'll figure, they'll find somebody who can, and they'll make sure you get taken care of. And they're in Wakanda. And, um, you know, and I spend time there. I'll go there every week and visit them, see if they need help with anything, help them at trade shows. I mean, you have a responsibility as a pro staffer just because they're not going to give you things just because of who you are. I mean, who am I really? I'm not winning huge tournaments everywhere. Like I told you, I'm not, I'm no Van Dam or Mike Iaconelli or anybody big on the bass world. Um, but I can influence people. I have had a lot of people say, Hey, I watch you on YouTube. I know you from here and here and here. Tell me what you would do. Cause I'll do the same thing. And that's called being an influencer. And if you influence people just by showing them that you truly love what you do and the product, you truly love the product. Um, people will follow you and genuinely you, I'm not trying to sell anybody anything. I'm just sharing what I already have and that's what they're looking for. And unfortunately the fishing community is very saturated. I mean, like Mark, you know, we got YouTubers, we got mm -hmm. you know, all, all kinds of people trying to be the next pro pro person. You got high school bass teams now, which I never had high school bass teams when I was growing up. Um, it seems like every high school has got a bass team. So every kid wants to be a pro and, and it's a hard, hard lifestyle and it's difficult. It's, you know, sponsorships are not what they used to be, but it's not that they're bad either. You just have to be doing it for the right reason. And I have many reasons why I have sponsors, but the reason to pay the bills is really not it because they won't pay mm -hmm. your bills. They'll make things a little bit easier depending on how much you want to put into it. But you have to put just as much, if not more, into it because it's it all depends on what's what what is important to you. And money's not important to me. What's important to me is the experience. Um, the camaraderie and with good people like you, Mark, obviously. Thank so, you. Yeah. When I know people like you, I mean, somebody could see me on this podcast say, Hey, you know what? I would love to sponsor her. And maybe it was something I was looking for. Or they might say, you know what? I got a tournament series. I want to, I want to have you win or something, you know, you never know where, what door can open, but it's never like, Oh, we're going to hand you a $1,000 check. That's not, no, that's, no, that does not happen at all. Or even you're like, if you get 10% off the product, but it's mm -hmm. up again. Is it important to you to get the 10% off? Is it important to you to be representing the band? The brands I represent 
are the ones that I solely love. I don't do it because they came to me. I do it because I truly love to work them. Right. And use their stuff. So, you know, like I deal with Illumicraft. I love, love, love my Illumicraft. Oh, I'm, oh I'm such God. a fan, Illumicraft fanboy. That's going to be my next book. But go, yeah. we'll have to talk next year. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, and I was with Evan Rood. I loved my Evan Rood motor, but Evan Rood's no longer with us, excuse me. Um, so now with Mercury, you know, you see, so I mean that, but that's, you know, there's nothing wrong with the Mercury motor. It's I'm, I'm going to be new with them, but I wanted to switch over and work with the company because you, you want to be in the fishing community, but you know, and I got Daiwa cause I love Daiwa uh, reels. Um, Jim Grant uh, with Grant rods was one of the ones that I didn't know anything about. And he actually asked me to come on and sign on board. Cause he said, you know what? I love what you're doing for the community. Um, you're doing it for the right reasons. You're not doing it because absolutely. You know, you okay. You know, being, we're going to bring it up. The female angler thing, it 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 brings attention to me, so I kind of stand out. So being a female angler, it's more of a rarity, if you want to call it, in the Midwest area. So the sponsors kind of say, oh, maybe it's a new market we can get into. We're going to take her on just because she's a female. And one of the first things he said to says, not if not because you're a female. He goes, you walk in a room and half those people are saying, hey, I know her, and she comments on my posts and she's really nice and she works her butt off. He goes, I want to know that person. I don't care whether you're female or male. I want to know who you, why are you, why are you getting the attention? And you know, I got a funny story about that. I'm going to interrupt you here. I want right. to say thanks. I want to say thanks to Avid so much for the $10 super chat. Uh, I appreciate the support as always. Uh, um, I, I'm not doing this for the money, but I'll tell you what, it helps to pay the StreamYard bills and maybe I can get a new camera one of these days. That's what I'm trying <laughs> to get. So, um, uh, Flatty Daddy says, Violet, if you get to the point where you can fish the national tournaments, would you do that or stay at the series you fish now? Good question. That's an excellent question. Um, when it comes to fishing, I want to enjoy the journey. I don't want to push myself to the point where it no longer is fun anymore. I've been in that situation where I've done something professionally to the point where I never want to do it again, and I forgot why I did it in the first place. So when it comes to fishing, if I get to that level, if I feel comfortable to be able to fish at that at the national level, I will definitely do it. I would take that opportunity in a heartbeat, but I have to feel confident and comfortable to be able to say, hey, you know what? I'm ready for it. Not because, hey, here's a window. Let's just take it and then get there and find out, uh-oh, I'm not prepared. Now, will, you, will I ever be prepared? Maybe not, but I want to at least feel confident. I want to feel mentally stable enough to be able to take that type of environment because it is a very different high-end fast-paced environment. I've never been in it, but just knowing it, what it, what a kind of a caliber it's at, it's you, you just, just even seeing it on TV and what some of these guys go through. Cause the nice thing about social media is a lot of the pros now will go onto their social media and show you a little bit behind the scenes of how things are going on and things they have to deal with. And it's, it's not a picnic. It is it's difficult. Not. So you really have to love it and remember why you got into it to be able to survive at that level. So, yes, I would love to do the national tournaments, but on my own time when I'm ready. Real quick, Uncle Lou, thank you so much for the support and the $20 Super Chat. Thank you very much, sir. I really appreciate it. Uncle Lou has a shop on Facebook. If somebody wants to post his link out there, he makes great planer boards. Check him out. Uh, you won't be disappointed. Thank you, sir. Um, yeah, I, I think you you would do just fine at any level that you fish. Um, uh, knowing you for a while and and seeing how you you act, you you're probably one of the hardest working people I know when it comes to the fishing industry. So and, and notice Thank I you. said pe people. Thank so, you. Uh, just to head up for that one. Um, all right. Uh, oh, and here's a little side story that I wanted to share with you. I remember when I saw you, uh, what was it at the Arlick? The, what was that fishing show I saw you at where you were there with the dealership? Was Shabbat that in the Shabrick show? Um, yeah. I remember going up to you and, and, and saying hello and giving you, or you gave me a big hug and we were talking like we'd known each other forever. And, and then like, I walk away and the guys were like, oh my God, you know, Violet Daly. And I'm kind of like, really? <laughs> Wanted to share that with you. So <laughs> I scored po big points with my buddy. So I want to thank you for that. Oh, uh, wow. I got to tell you, it's surreal. I mean, the first time I ever did the show, I remember I stood in the Daiwa booth and I just barely signed on with them. I was like, my, the, I was just an, on a high. And I remember the rep that signed me on comes up and he goes, you know, more people walk through this 
um, booth in the last 15 minutes that knew you that, and they didn't know anybody else in our booth. They're like, who are you? And I go, I don't know. I'm just, people just, I guess they know me. I mean, I try to be friendly and courteous. I mean, if you share my passion, I mean, we got something great in common. It's, I'd love to talk to you about it. I'd love to hear your fishing stories. And I mean, she's not kidding people and not kidding whatsoever. Uh, yeah. She's one of the most approachable, nicest people that, that I've met in the, the fishing oh, thank business. You. Thank you so much, Betty, for your support. Uh, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really overwhelmed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I, uh, we fished, we ice fished this year, and I wanted to explain something to you. People wanted me to put an ice fishing video out. I got out like three times ice fishing, and the, the most productive time I had was out with you. Well, actually, the second most was when we were out there on Pete's Lake over there. We're not uh -huh. going to name the lake or anything. And, and I looked at the, the, the video I had on my phone, which was the outro with you and I, and it was fabulous. I looked at the drone footage you gave me. It was fabulous. I looked at all the fishing videos, not so fabulous. It was nothing but, pardon my expression, but me like groin shots. So this is part of my, this is like part of my, my, my growing pains with my YouTube channel. Oh my God. So next year when the ice comes back, we're going to have to make some definite adjustments. So if anybody was wondering if we got that stuff on video, we did. Um, it, it was a great time. We, we slayed the panfish. I got two bass all in like the two to four pound range, which were nice. Um, that was really cool. I got to meet Pete and Pete was a very gracious guest. I wanted to thank you guys for, uh, for doing all that and the open invite that she, she gave me to, to that area and that spot. So, uh, uh, it was really cool. Uh, so what kind of plans you got coming up besides the tournament? Um, well, yeah, I mean, that's really much. I got the tournament scene going on. Um, I, I already had a full tournament schedule. I took the same schedule I had last year. I do a every Wednesday night on the chain that I'm doing a monthly on the chain, a monthly on Lake Geneva, a monthly on the river and another monthly uh, called national bass trail, which is on Geneva and Lake Tishigan. And Tishigan's a new lake that I've come to love immensely because it is an offshoot of the Fox river. So mm -hmm. the Fox river goes right through it. And then it opens up into a lake and it goes right back into the Fox river again. So you got smallies, you got largies, you got, you get pike, you get all that good stuff. But, and it's, it's, it's kind of a, um, you got to be careful because it does have some, it's a 60 foot deep lake, I think, but most of the Fox river there will tear off your lower unit. If you're just not really careful, <laughs> but it is an incredible fishery because it's not as pressured. And if you like frog fishing, Oh my Lord, it is, is it great for frog fishing? But um, so yeah, it's a little, it's a little tournament trail called national bass trail. They're a singles tournament. So you, if you have a boat, you can fish alone and kind of just, oh, cool. you know, just, yeah. I mean, you, you can do, it's not a team tournament. If, if, if you do have room in your boat and somebody needs uh, a boat to fish out of, then you're more than welcome to put them in your boat, but you do fish against them. Or I think they fish against the other co-anglers, but you mm -hmm. can fish alone. Most tournament series, you fish as a team, nothing against a team. I love the team mentality, but every once in a while, it's nice to just to be able to get out on your own, especially me being more of an amateur tournament fisherman as a boater. Mm -hmm. Um, it's nice to be able to get out there and just say, force yourself to make your own decisions. And, you know, and if I make a mistake, I own it. And if I do well, it's, it's me as well. So it's nice to be able to do something different, but yeah, I have four monthly tournaments here. So basically every weekend's booked almost and every Wednesday night. So yeah, I'm a little busy, just a little bit, oh, but yeah, but besides the tournaments, um, you know, I, I just, I'm really working on my business. My business is really growing. I want to get more into the fishing aspect of the business. I make, in case, you know, I'll let, let all your viewers know. Yeah, what's, what's the name? Hold on a second. Let me say thank you to D for the great uh, super chat. And I also did get a donation via PayPal from Becca. Thank you very much, Becca, for the very generous donation through PayPal. I appreciate it. I, I see um, D's little comment about being a Yeah, you see that? Make sure, to have, <laughs> make sure to have Violet on again. She's oh, awesome for a 20-year-old. I have oh, to agree. You know what? She's the one who commented. I'm, I said, D, I'm telling you, it's the light. It's just, it's all the lighting. And I don't know what I did with the lighting, but man, she was like, Oh my God, you, you look like you're in your twenties. I go, I love you. I love you so much. <laughs> so, so but, let's um, talk about your business. Let, let's plug your place of business. Cause she does great work and who you do work for and stuff like that would be probably really yeah, interesting for the people in chat. Right. I have my own business. It's just me right now. Thank God. I have some people who also help me out a little bit here and there, but right now I'm kind of like, it's just me. Uh, but I, I actually have a nice office studio. I have, my main business right now is I have laser cutting and engraving machines 
and I design and create all kinds of custom products for every industry out there. I start out with the wedding industry because they have, a, obviously they have a lot of custom products, but I do anything made out of wood, acrylic. So I have laser machines and they will literally create anything that I can design. Um, kind of almost on the 3D space, it's, a, it's considered 3D destructive um, laser cutting and engraving, but I can make everything from cake toppers to signage, to photographs engraved on wood, to displays. I mean, and then I, what I really wanted to do is I wanted to get into the fishing industry and I couldn't figure out, I'm like, geez, there's so many products in the fishing industry. What else can I do except like a fun sign on the, on the wall? And a buddy of mine, and this is how like the whole sponsor, a buddy of mine from the basket said, hey, can, can you design something that I can put my fish on? I said, why would you want to take your fishing reels off your rods? That's kind of weird. He goes, well, in the winter, he goes, I like to maintain my fishing reels and I like to just display them because he also kind of collects them. And he really mm -hmm. like, he, he really upgrades his fishing reels quite a bit and makes them look really nice. And, you know, he's big into the Japanese uh, fishing reels. So a lot of these fishing reels oh, are expensive. That's, it's really nice. that's a whole nother world right there. Oh, it is. Oh my gosh. We could do a, mm -hmm. three shows just on that, but we won't get into we it. Could. So he wanted to display them. He has a fishing room and, I said, well, okay. So he showed me an example of this cheap little plastic ones. So I can recreate that, make it better. So um, I did, and I made it. And then he got me hooked into Lee's Bait and Tackle out in Elk Grove Village. Wonderful tackle shop owned by John Great Roy. Great place. Lee's is awesome. Mm -hmm. And he was awesome. He was my first customer. He says, well, you know what? My reel is just like anywhere else. They sit on boxes. They take the reel out of the box. They put it on the box. And they throw it in their, their um, display. And they just flop any which way around. There's no way to like hold. They don't. They don't sit the same way on every row because they're all. They have you know weird mm -hmm. shape. So yep. I made a stand that the real seat goes into, and they all stand the same way. And what I do is I take the base of the stand and I turn it into the logo, and I laser engrave or etch or make the whole thing the shape of the logo. I mean, it's really kind of intricate, really nice piece. He took him to the Schomburg show, displayed all his reels on there. Daiwa came by just to see if he needed any more stock on his Daiwa reels, and they said, "Where did you get those real stands?" We've never seen those before and we need a bunch of them. And he goes, well, that girl over there. Yeah, she, she does them. Cause I was helping him out in his booth that day. Cause he, I said, you know what? Mm -hmm. Thank you for buying with these real stands. Let me help you out. And they came up to me and said, we are looking for real stands. What can you come up with that would make it uh, different than anybody else's? So I came back with the design literally overnight designed a really high. It's, it's still my favorite design. It's the actual Tatula logo as the base of the real stand. And I went back to them they looked at me and they said, we need to talk. And that's how I got to know Daiwa. And I started working with them. They became my client. Then they found out I was, a, I was an angler. I want to say fisherman, fisherwoman, it doesn't matter. Angler. And they said, really? Tell us more. And I said, well, I said, this is what we can do. And they, I said, you know, I'm willing to trade for product because I love your guys' reels. So if you guys want to, I'll give you a discount if you guys give me some product. I'd love to get some reels and stuff. They said, let's do one further. They're like, we love your ideas. We love that you're a passionate fisherman. Uh, we love everything that you want to do for the fishing community, your, your social media, everything. How about you get a sponsorship with us? And that's how it started. Oh, and yeah, because again, it's not about winning the tournaments. It's what value can you provide to them that they can then provide to the community. And so they looked at me as a good representation of them to their customers and the people that they work with. And they want it. They want longevity. They don't want you there just for, one quick hype thing or 15 minutes of fame. They want to stay with you. They want to, you know, they want you to be knowledgeable about their product because they know the only way they're going to sell anything is if you genuinely love their product. And so that's how it started. And from Daiwa on, I started making partnerships with a lot of companies and they, you know, they started to understand who I really was and mm -hmm. what value to bring to them both through my business, my fishing, my marketing experience. Cause I'm a marketing major. So it's all, it's like an all in one encompassing thing. You got it going on pretty much. Avid, thank you so much for the support and the, uh, the second, the super chat of the day. You're awesome. My friend. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. You got it really going on. I really appreciate it. Uh, you even coming on here and, t and talking to me, I, I feel not worthy to, to oh, be in your presence. I like to give her, I like to give her some trouble. <laughs> Oh, uh, all right. We're already after nine o'clock. I told you I wouldn't keep you too late. So uh, thank you. Thank you so much. You're always a great guest. And I think the people in, in, in chat uh, will realize that. I know a lot of people I saw posted that they subscribe to your channel. Um, so hopefully uh, you'll get some uh, 
more content out there. Check out the Perch I do. video. I need to get video out there. I'm, I'm we'll, so we'll talk. Maybe I can help. Maybe I can help you out in that aspect. I think so. I, I really do. I mean, a lot of people are are, are asking. And I feel bad because I don't do it just to you know just to be YouTube or whatever. I really want to provide that value because there was nothing when I was looking around for fishing stuff and 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 a way to learn. So I mm -hmm. thought, well. What, why can't they just follow me in my journey? Maybe they'll learn something from her, bring value to them and to my sponsors too. Why not? I mean, they've been very good to me. They've been very kind and respectful and, and supportive. And I can't, I wouldn't be here without everybody's support. And that's, it's impossible to get there on your own. So what's a great way to give back. And if I can do it through video, I mean, I just, again, it's just, it's a lot of work. You know how it is, Mark. It's a ton of work. Yeah, it is. A simple video. And, and when life's like, going on, being a business owner makes it even more difficult. So I can yeah. sympathize with you 100%. Yeah. If I had the time to uh, uh, concentrate on my fishing and my channel, it, it would be a different animal and not and for, for the right reasons, too. Because uh, um, I know that you and I share this outlook that uh, we're in it to be in it. We're not in it to get ahead, you know? Right. Right. So, and, 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 and if anybody can, can learn from you, I think that would be the, the best thing they could take away from this, this, this chat here. So, uh, oh, thank you. you're very welcome. So I'm going to say, all right, everybody in chat, thank you so much for all the super chats. Uh, I really appreciate it. It all does go back into the show. It doesn't go in my pocket. So, uh, uh, my wife says, thank you as well. <laughs> you got to get that in there. Um, thank so you for coming. Uh, What's Coco saying what, right now? Coco's saying, uh, uh, not much. She's not even snoring. <laughs> oh my gosh. She, she hasn't moved. You know, quick story. We, we, we just reconditioned that couch. So for some reason, it's like extra soft and supple. Oh She's laid, been laying on there, hasn't moved. But anyways, I want to thank everybody for coming on the, on the show. If you're listening on the podcast, I appreciate it. Uh, there is a support link on the podcast in the, in the description. You can support me through that too. I appreciate it. Uh, again, Catfish and Crappie on YouTube. If you want to watch the live show, uh, I think you'll get a lot of, a lot out of it. We do do the one versus one, have one coming up on April 10th. Uh, I might have a couple of special podcasts coming up in the near future that will be podcast only, uh, but that's going to be a little different format. So stay tuned for that. Again, thank you, Violet. Thank you, everybody in chat. Uh, get out there and fish. Do it all for the right reasons, man. Love what you do and keep doing it. Thanks, Thank Mark. you, everybody. Yeah. Have a good night. Bye, guys.